I believe in God, the Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth. I believe in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who is conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. On the third day he rose again, he ascended into heaven, he is seated at the right hand of the Father, and he will come to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. Greetings and salutations in the name of the Lord. Welcome to another episode of Coffee, the Bible, and Page, where I, your host, Page, and his coffee, think with my mouth open, and you get to watch in. Today, we're going to be discussing chapter 35 of Numbers. We're almost done, almost done with Numbers, 35, 36, and then we're into Deuteronomy. Can you believe it? It's amazing. Today, we're going to talk about how God is going to take care of the Levites when they move into the Promised Land. Israel is on the east side of Jordan. They're staging, getting ready for the invasion of Canaan. And uh, it's getting ready to be go time. So it's, I'm pretty excited about this. So let's get started. Chapter 35. On the plains of Moab by the Jordan, across from Jericho, the Lord said to Moses, Command the Israelites to give the Levites towns to live in from the inheritance the Israelites will possess. And give them pasture lands around the towns. Then they will have towns to live in and pasture lands for the cattle they own and all their other animals. The pasture lands around the towns that you give the Levites will extend a thousand cubits from the town wall. Outside the town measure 2,000 cubits on the east side, 2,000 on the south side, 2,000 on the west, and 2,000 on the north, with the town in the center. They will have this area as pasture land for the towns. Now, six of the towns you give the Levites will be cities of refuge, to which a person who has killed someone may flee. In addition, give them 42 other towns. In all, you must give the Levites 48 towns together with their pasture lands. The towns you give the Levites from the land the Israelites possess are to be given in proportion to the inheritance of each tribe. Take many towns from a tribe that has many, but few from one that has few. Then the Lord said to Moses, Speak to the Israelites and say to them, When you cross the Jordan into Canaan, select some towns to be your cities of refuge to which a person who has killed someone accidentally may flee. They will be places of refuge from the avenger so that anyone accused of murder may not die before they stand trial before the assembly. These six towns you give will be your cities of refuge. Give three on this side of the Jordan and three in Canaan as cities of refuge. These six towns will be a place of refuge for Israelites and for foreigners residing among them so that anyone who has killed another accidentally can flee there. If anyone strikes someone a fatal blow with an iron object, that person is a murderer. The murderer is to be put to death. Or if anyone is holding a stone and strikes someone a fatal blow with it, that person is a murderer. The murderer is to be put to death. Or... Anyone's holding a wooden object and strikes someone a fatal blow with it, that person is a murderer. The murderer is to be put to death. The avenger of blood shall put the murderer to death. 
When the Avenger comes upon the murderer, the Avenger shall put the murderer to death. If anyone with malice aforethought shoves another or throws something at them intentionally so that they die, or if out of enmity one person hits another with their fist so that the other dies, that person is to be put to death. That person is a murderer. The avenger of blood shall put the murderer to death when they meet. But if, without enmity, someone suddenly pushes another or throws something at them unintentionally or, without seeing them, drops in them a stone heavy enough to kill them and they die, since that other person was not an enemy and no harm was intended, the assembly must judge between the accused and the avenger of blood according to these regulations. The assembly must protect the one accused of murder from the avenger of blood and send the accused back to the city of refuge to which they fled. The accused must stay there until the death of the high priest who was anointed with holy oil. But if the accused ever goes outside the limits of the city of the refuge to which they fled and the avenger of blood finds them outside the city, the avenger of blood may kill the accused without being guilty of murder. The accused must stay in the city of refuge until the death of the high priest. Only after the death of the high priest may they return to their own property. This is to have the force of law for you throughout the generations to come wherever you live. Anyone who kills a person is to be put to death as a murderer, only on the testimony of witnesses. But no one is to be put to death in the testimony of only one witness. Do not accept a ransom for the life of a murderer who deserves to die. They are to be put to death. Do not accept a ransom for anyone who has fled to a city of refuge and so allow them to go back and live in their own land before the death of the high priest. Do not pollute the land where you are. Bloodshed pollutes the land and atonement cannot be made for the land on which blood has been shed except by the blood of the one who shed it. Do not defile the land where you live and where I dwell for I, the Lord, dwell among the Israelites. All right, Moses is finishing up some uh, last-minute business, if you will. He knows his time is drawing near. They're getting ready to launch into the promised land. He's not going. God has already told him that he's not going to be going. So he's doing some house cleaning, and he's giving a last piece of organization here. The Levites, who are the ones who care for the things of the of the tabernacle and later on the temple, um, The Levites are not going to receive a land inheritance in the promised land. The 12 tribes will get it, but Levi won't. Their inheritance is the Lord, all right? Their income comes from their work at the temple or the tabernacle. Yet they still need some place to live, don't they? And so even though they're not given land, they are given towns to live in and pastures for their flocks and and uh, and their cattle, and so God is set up so that the people who take care of His temple are taken care of. They're given a place to live, and they're given land uh, to raise their cattle and their sheep. So God's God's servants are taken care of. He He is their portion. They do not have a land inheritance. Their inheritance is everything to do with the temple. I suppose we could probably draw a parallel between that and the professional clergy of our day. Um, it would, I guess that would be the parallel in the Christian church, uh, those who uh, uh, shepherd the church. 
Paul Paul has said in the New Testament that uh, uh, it's not wrong for the church to provide for the needs of those who lead it. Um, Paul himself was a tent maker. He provided for his own needs, but that was a personal conscience thing. That wasn't something that uh, was to be demanded of every pastor or every shepherd of a flock. So God's servants are taken care of. Uh, the people that bring the sacrifices, the people that bring the tithes and the money, the income, that goes, that comes into the temple and the, and the tabernacle, that flows out to the Levites to meet their needs. Now, they're given towns to live in. They're given places to raise their, their sheep and their cattle. Um, so he's, Moses is making sure and God is making sure that his people are taken care of. Now, if we continue from before when we were talking about all the temple and the tab especially the tabernacle earlier remember how i said it's a, a picture of the of the future well if you picture the tabernacle as a place where god dwells amongst his people and the priests as uh, a, a picture of us because peter calls us a kingdom of priests and kings uh, and the, and the levitical uh, people that work around temple that that could be the church right so the priests and the Levites, that could be us. That's a picture of us, perhaps. God provides for his people. The Levites are not to own a piece of the land that they go into. God will be their provision. And we can see in that, in our lives, in my life, how the fact that um, I'm in the world, but I don't own any of it. I don't. Oh, I'm paying a mortgage, but the bank owns it, not me. Yet God has provided for me and my family through our entire life. God is my provision. God is my inheritance. And truth be told, I don't come into my inheritance, my full inheritance, until I part death's curtain and step onto the other side uh, to be with God. I don't have a problem with that. God is my, my God is my provider. He is my portion. My security is in him. And even though my security is in him, that doesn't mean I don't work for it. The Levites still work. They had flocks to raise. They had cattle to raise. They had work to do at the temple. They had lots of things to do. They were busy. I'm busy. I just don't lay around on my backside expecting God to bring food to my door, expecting God to to bring money to my checking account. No. Truth be told, I work and I toil. It's just that I'm not going to have any lasting inheritance in this world. And that's the Levites. So that, that could be a picture of us. And that's the way I that's the way it is. <laughs> What's that Mandalorian phrase in that that series? Um, this is the way. This is this is the way. So this is the way. God is our provider. He provides for us. Now, in the Levitical world, six of the towns that we give to the Levites are to be set aside as cities of refuge. So if someone, acts, if someone kills somebody, they can flee to the city of refuge. And while you're in the city of refuge, you cannot be a, the, your victim cannot be avenged. 
your victim's family can't come and kill you. You're in the city of refuge. There has to be a trial, and they have to weigh the evidence. And basically, the if you kill this person in a fit of rage, if it was premeditated, um, if you threw something at them on purpose, basically, you were guilty of murder, and you had to be killed. You had to be killed. But if it was an accident, something that happened while you were farming or something that you just totally unintentional, their family's still angry with you, but you can flee to the city of refuge until it all gets sorted out. Now, the thing is that once you killed somebody, even if it was an accident, it's still a serious issue. So when you, if you killed somebody accidentally and it was determined this was not on purpose, it wasn't an act of malice, uh, he does not deserve to be killed, but they had to stay in the city of refuge. That was their safe place. And they had to stay there until the high priest, who was alive during that time, died. Then they'd be set free. Well, the high priest is a picture of Jesus, right? It, what a great picture this is. You know, we all are guilty of sin. We all deserve death. That's what Paul says. And that's what the Bible teaches. Man's nature is that of being an enemy of God. We deserve death. And the high priest, when the high priest dies, everybody who's living in a, in a uh, city of refuge is free to go home and they're free from being of, they're free from being killed by the person, person's family that died under their hand albeit accidentally. So the high priest dies, the people accused of murder and convicted of uh, accidental die death, uh, how do I say that? They're accused and convicted of accidentally killing somebody. They're set free. Our high priest died, didn't he? And what was the result of that? We were set free from the penalty of death. Because if a person set foot outside the city of refuge, he's been acquitted, it was an accidental thing, but if he sets foot outside the city of refuge before the high priest dies, then the avenging family has every right to find him and kill him without, without issue. So the city of refuge, that's where we stay to be safe. And when the high priest dies, we're free to go home. Guess what? Jesus, our high priest, died. And we were set free from the law of sin and death. Great picture of what happens to us through Jesus. Um, let's see here. Then last statement here says, don't pollute the land where you are. Um, bloodshed pollutes the land. An atonement cannot be made for the land in which blood has been shed except by the blood of the one who shed it. Do not defile the land where you live and where I dwell, for I, the Lord, dwell among the Israelites. God abhors murder. He does. But he's a just God. And if you murder, your blood must be paid as payment. It's that eye for eye, tooth for tooth kind of thing. But until it all gets sorted out, we have the cities of refuge. Now, there's a lot to be seen here. There's a lot to be talked about here. But I think that's that about covers it for me. It's I, I see in the high priest, the relationship between the high priest and the one who has fled to the city of refuge for 
uh, safety. Um, the high priest dying, he's set free. Ah, that's beautiful. And the fact that the Levites are being taken care of, they're given towns, they're giving, given land, pasture land around these towns uh, to raise their flocks. That's a picture of God taking care of his people. We don't own an inheritance in our world. Our inheritance is on the other side. And yet, God requires us to work. God requires us to work knowing that we don't have an inheritance here. Our portion is the Lord's. Hmm. Good stuff. Well, that's enough today. It's a short one, but uh, that's where I'm going to draw the line and stop. I got some things to think about. I'm Paige. Here's my coffee. Folks, I am out of here. Have a great day. God's thoughts are not our thoughts. Neither should my thoughts be your thoughts. You need to think for yourself.